When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Titans Time Podcast, your Tennessee Titans podcast for the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm your host, Tyler Staggs. As you can see, we have a special guest join us tonight. Power Hour, great friend of the show. Happy to have him on. I'm going to tell you how you can support him here in a minute. To start out, how to support our show. All you have to do, go check out our merch, first and foremost. It's all you have to do, go to titans-time.myshopify.com slash collections slash all. That link is in the description. It will also be in the description for the audio version of this show. Speaking of the audio version, after you're done watching here live, if you're tuned in with us live on YouTube, make sure to go check out the audio version on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Follow the podcast. Leave that five-star rating. Leave some comments, questions. I want to know y'all's thoughts on everything that we're going to get into today because we have a great show planned. And as I mentioned, we're live on YouTube. If you're in the live chat right now, make sure you back out of the live chat. Hit that like button. I really appreciate that. Helps the show out a lot. And make sure you're subscribed. If that subscribe button's red, click it. Turn it gray. Turn on the post notifications so you never miss when I upload a new video, when I go live. Again, it helps out the show. I really appreciate it. And leave some comments. Let's be blowing this live chat up. We're unfortunately going to have to get into some more A.J. Brown talks. Uh, you know, <laughs> little drama going on. Um, going to be doing a mock draft 2.0 here on the show. I just done one uh, last week. But, hey, the draft is less than a week away. So we got to get some more of these out here and see how close we get to what the Titans are actually going to do or just put out there what we would like to see them do. And, again, just the comments, we want to know y'all's thoughts because everyone has different opinions on all of that. Another way, go check me out on social media, Twitter, at Titans underscore time, Instagram, Titans time podcast, Facebook, Titans time. And now, obviously the guest, you got to go support the Power Hour. If you're not following him already, if you're not subscribed to him on YouTube already, I don't know what you're doing. I mean, this guy is always putting out quality content. Even on TikTok, he's putting PowerPoints out there for you and giving his thoughts with amazing breakdown. You can find him on Twitter at the Power Hour 615 YouTube, the Power Hour. Those links are in the description below. 
on TikTok at the Power Hour six one five. I believe Facebook is at the Power Hour six one five two. Correct. That's correct, sir. So go follow him on all those platforms. You definitely won't be disappointed. Power Hour, how you doing tonight, man? Tyler, thank you for that lovely introduction. I am doing fantastic. It is a nice Friday night. So I'm just ready to talk some football, man. I am too, and I'm glad you're doing well. Got some people here in the comments. Uh, Titan Pratt, Bryce, how's it going, man? He said, what's up, guys? Um, got Al Pierce in the chat saying, tighten up, guys. Tighten up to you, Al. Hope you're how's doing well. On? Got my wife saying, tighten up. Have Bill Kerr saying, hi, all. Bill, hope you're doing well. And tighten up saying, tighten up. So <laughs> there we go. And, you know, Power Hour, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but it's recent news. We found out some more, even if John Robinson and Mike Vrabel don't really want to talk about it and put stuff out there. There's been some leaks, supposedly, for A.J. Brown's contract extension. And all of this kind of stems from Debo Samuel asking for a trade from the 49ers. He does that, and then all of a sudden on an Instagram Live, and it was Debo's stepmom, I believe, who was live on Instagram. You hear Debo on the phone with A.J. Brown, and they are talking about the contract extensions. A.J.'s asking Debo, hey, what have they offered you? Debo's saying, 49ers haven't offered me anything. And it just so happens that AJ and Debo shared the same agent. And Debo says, I, I believe his name is it uh Travis. Is that right? Or I believe it is Travis. Debo says to AJ, Travis told me that they're only offering you 20 million and that's as high as they're going to go said they know that you can get more elsewhere but 20s as high as they're going and you know all titans fans i know some when they first saw that video they were like well aj's gone now but titans fans don't freak out right now you have to keep that trust in john robinson because him and mike Vrabel both have both reiterated several times Hey, we've talked to AJ. We've been talking to AJ's reps. We've reiterated to AJ several times how much he means to this football team, how much we want him here. I have faith that they're going to get a deal done. What about you, Power Hour? Well, first things first. I mean, it's understandable that people are really wanting to get this done, especially with the wide receiver market continuing to reset. So it's of the utmost importance to get him under a new deal as soon as possible. But coming to my second point, which kind of contradicts it a little bit, <laughs> he's still under contract. And it's exactly. not like he's asked for a trade yet. You know, the current situation right now is he sees the market going up, so he's wanting to jump on board and try and get his contract done soon. It's not that he doesn't care about Tennessee. He wants to <laughs> stay here. He's happy with the way things are going. Really, it's just the premise of getting a deal done so that's not a distraction. Right. But Power Hour, he removed Tennessee from his Twitter bio. I mean, it, it's time and, to freak out, right? And Debo removed everything 49er <laughs> apparel off of his Instagram. And 
so on and so forth. It's power plays, everybody. I, I'm about to say, it, that's what it is. It, it's power plays. This is what their agent is telling them to do. I mean, I you can get into some, I guess, conspiracy theories and being like, is the leak of what they're offering A.J. Brown, was that accidental? Was that kind of a power play by, you know, their agent saying, hey, y'all talk about this on the phone. You know, don't make it obvious, like on one of y'all's Instagrams or anything like that. But, you know, just that y'all are having a conversation that accidentally gets caught on Instagram Live. So, you know, you have to kind of wonder if it's just more power plays there. And, you know, Power Hour, I'm the thing that gets me, I guess, is, and I'm glad I have you on to maybe explain this more because my thinking may be wrong, but with AJ still being under contract right now, I know a lot of people have said that the Titans are probably waiting until June 1st when they get that Julio money back but if he's still under contract and they sign aj to an extension that contract wouldn't kick in until next year so do they really have to wait on that money to clear up um you know i I haven't really dove into that much and that's why i was wanting to find out if you knew on that that's really a good question and I think the best answer is the one that you've given. I think that they are waiting for the June 1st deadline so they can really just kind of go from there, which that puts them back in the positive, but not by much. So I think a restructure might be coming where it's going to happen. I'm not sure. It's just who they feel that they can actually kind of pull a little bit of that money and set it aside for AJ right now. Right. So I'll just remind folks right now, the salary cap is very real. Don't get fooled by that. There's a reason why Tennessee's waiting. There's right. a lot of situations and a lot of other contracts they have to take in play. We also have to remember Jeffrey Simmons is coming up, mm-hmm. so they have to take that into play. They have to take in play their other players that have contracts coming up as well, which I think is about maybe from 11 to 10, 10 to 11 players right now. So it's imperative that they get the booking done right and they get the numbers right. Now, as it goes for the 20 million that was brought up in these conversations, I think it's a little column a, a little column B. I think they wanted to leak this, but at the same time, even if they were trying to keep it under wraps in today's social media setting, there's mm-hmm. so many ways to get a hold of this kind of information. Now it's yep. not that complicated. So really it just sets the narrative of like, well, right now I have an offer, but they're basically saying this is it right now. Mm-hmm. So it's probably a situation where they're hoping that the court of public opinion sways to AJ's side. And that very well could be. And we were talking about that 20 million before we started the show here. And, you know, we said that I, I'm just wondering if that 20 million is before incentives, because obviously that's a way that you can kind of work, I guess, the salary cap a little bit is by having these incentives in there of, okay, if you hit this, if you get a thousand yards, if you play in this many games, then that 20 million jumps up to 22 million, 23 million, whatever it is. So I'm just wondering if that's what that number actually is. And what, 
I just want to to kind of wrap this up. What do you think per year, incentives and everything included, what do you think AJ is worth per year? I mean, the Titans need to keep him around. So what number do you think would do that? And really, it's not a situation of if they're going to pay him, it's when they're going to pay him. And it's just trying to get the money back on the books. It's trying to find the best way to make sure that they're paying him his fair share, but giving some wiggle room to have them maneuver around other contracts. So really along the lines, I think is when you negotiate, you have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. 20 million seemed like the best place to start. Right. So going forward, they felt, well, let's go ahead and sit here. We'll add incentives here and see what happens right now. We just know it's 20 million with it whether incentives are included or not, or a signing bonus is talked about into that scenario. It's really hard to say. We just have one figure. Right. So I think that's just basically the number they came up with right now. So they've got a point to start with the negotiations. Now, of course they were going to reject that in the first place. I'm right. not shocked. So really now they have to go back to the drawing board. They have to see what they can do and try and put in play what would be a fair number, but also the right number. Right. So we have to remember AJ has not played a full season really since his rookie year. Mm -hmm. So the Titans are taking that into consideration. Now he wants to be, if he wants to be the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL, that's just not going to happen. Right. And I I was about to pull that comment up here in a minute and talk about that. Um, Like you mentioned with the games that he has missed, that, hurts his chances of or that hurts his argument for being the highest paid wide receiver i mean that it it is what it is you have to be available and granted going back to not this past season but season before yes he fought through those knee injuries and yes he would go out for a few plays and come back but you have to be available and now, one thing AJ has on his side is usually when he is out there playing, the Titans win more. I mean, it, it is what it is, but you can continue on there with uh, what you were saying. And that's a great point you bring up. You know, AJ has the side of the argument just as well as John Robinson has the side of the argument. It's really just meeting in the middle and finding what works for everybody, just like any negotiations. Now, price-wise... Like I said, he's not going to be the highest paid receiver. But I will make him one of the top five receivers being paid in the league. I think he's worth that. I think his production is worth that when he is healthy. So really, if I had to start somewhere and give him a solid number, and this was a segment that I did a couple weeks ago on one of my shows, what should an A.J. Brown contract look like? Mm -hmm. Now, I would pay him about $23.5 million a year making him a top five receiver, Mm -hmm. but I would make his contract more incentive heavy. I'd give him a bigger signing bonus. In fact, been a bigger signing bonus and even more guaranteed money than Tyreek Hill got. Oh, wow. So what I would give him is a five-year extension worth about $117.5 million. 80 million of that would be guaranteed and 33.3 would be for the signing bonus. All right. Yeah. I Now I haven't, dove as deep into it as you have. And again, that's why I like having you on the show because you really do a great job of breaking everything down, really diving into it. 
but the number that has been in my head is 23 million. Uh, like that's, I feel like that's a good number. I think it would be a number that AJ could, would be happy with. And like you said, obviously there's more incentives and everything that you could throw in there. And I want to go back to a point you made. This is the first offer. Like, you know, they're not going to really throw all their chips out there on the table. Like, they're going to, there's going to be negotiation room. Now, the only way AJ would have signed like the first offer that was thrown out there is if it was to make him the highest paid. Like, okay, you throw that number out there, then he's going to be like, okay, yeah, I'll go ahead and sign. No problem. Like, <laughs> give me the pen. But with, I think 20 million, good starting point. Uh, Want to dive into Al's comment here. Said, can't forget all the drops at the beginning of last season. That said, he still is a top five wide receiver and should be paid as such. And, you know, I'm fine with that. As long as A.J. Brown stays in that two-tone blue, that's all I'm worried about. And we'll kind of, we'll wrap this up. And before we dive into the mock draft, just something for all Titans fans to chew on a little bit. I know you may not like this opinion and everyone's entitled to their own opinion. So if you want to get on social media and think that you're tearing Ryan Tannehill a new one because he posted a picture of him fishing when voluntary workouts are going on. I'll say that again, voluntary, not mandatory, voluntary. You go do your thing. I'm not going to tell you you can't do that, but come on people. It's, it's the off season. He is allowed to enjoy his offseason. He is a veteran in this game. Yes, I know other veterans are reporting a lot of people throughout, oh, well, Matt Ryan's with his new team. Okay, he is with a completely new team. Exactly. Like, he, it benefits him more to be there. Tannehill has one, one new weapon that can actually be out there working out right now. Like, it's okay for him not to be at these voluntary workouts. Just my thoughts on that. That's all we're going to dive into on that because, man, we have a mock draft to get to, and I know that's going to take a little bit of time. I'm excited for it. So I will get that pulled up here on the screen, get it to where we can see it, and we will – dive into this thing so obviously we got the titans here gonna go seven rounds enter the draft here and let's get this thing going let's do it so aiden hutchinson going number one to the jaguars i feel like that is the most constant thing that i have saw in one of these um there's williams off the board already uh, Drake London to the Chargers, Olave off the board. Um, Underbond's off. Yep. Scion's so, off. So now we are to the Titans pick here. And I, I see that we still have uh, one tackle here uh, from Central Michigan, Bernard uh, Raymond. Is that right? Yes, sir. And let's look at interior O-line. Kenyon Green still on the board. is still there. Uh, let's look at wide receivers. 
You have Pickens. Sky Moore that's there. Pickens, Burks is <clears throat> still there. Uh, so definitely some uh, pieces that we can grab right here at twenty six if we want to. I What's do our trade look, options? Uh, I must say I want to look at the trade options. We have the Jaguars at thirty three is their next pick offering. Then the Cowboys and the Chargers. I don't know that I would want to jump back all the way to 56 or 79. What's your thoughts on that? Honestly, that's a little too far back for me. I wouldn't want to trade out of the 30s. Yeah, that that's kind of where I, I'm sitting at. And, you know, me and you, we're going to be J-Rob and Mike Vrabel here kind of working together. So uh, are you thinking we need to trade back? Um, because at 33, I feel like – now, I am going to say I did a mock draft just like two days ago, and where people were flying off the board at was easily – the most confusing mock draft I have ever saw. Like, I'm like, okay, I know from other mock drafts that I've done, I can trade back to here and get this guy. And then all of a sudden he's going like 10 picks earlier than that. I'm like, what is going on right here? So I'm going to ask you power hour. What do we want to do here? Well, there's a lot of great players still left on the board. And a lot of these guys are really on my big board so Burks is definitely one of the guys I would want to go after if he's still available. But the thing is, Kenyon Green's still on the board. Right. Along with Rim still being on the board. So I really look at those three right now as the ones I would go after. But at the same time, the Jaguars want to make a trade. They've already had a first round pick. They've got, they're trying to trade back into the first round. Usually around that, I wouldn't want to do anything with a conference rival, basically. So, but the picks that they have right now are a little interesting. So, right. I know we'll get 33 right off the bat, but really mm -hmm. right there, and that's just the hard part with these trades, it's trying to find something that we can just make work, but I'm basically giving them another pick in the first round. Right. So I have to treat it as I think two high picks are viable for this trade-off. Right. So if we go with 65 as well, uh, that knocks the percent chance down to 29. Um, now I would if we went, well, what would it be if we went 33 and 70? 70 would knock it to 42. And that's something I was going to mention is on PFF's mock draft simulator, I have, I've went pretty crazy with some trades and gotten ones that I didn't think would be accepted, accepted. And just to see here, like, obviously if it says not accepted, I've, I haven't even gave it a chance, but I, I've messed around and just added pick after pick. And as long as there was still a percent chance showing, I would send it on it. And sometimes it got accepted, sometimes it didn't. But, you know, we could try and see if they would give us 33 and 70 here. Like I said, it's sitting at a 42% chance. 
I would also try and go after 222. I wouldn't mind having another seventh round pick. Okay. That only that knocks it down to 39. So only dropped us 3% there. So do we want to try and shoot on this and see? Let's see if we can get it. If we don't, then we'll just reset and make a pick. That works for me. And it works. It it worked. So let's see who they wanted to jump up and get right here. They're probably um, going to get who I think they're going to get. And <laughs> and I, I was just thinking they were probably wanting to trade up and grab Burks, but we may be surprised. So let's see. Ooh. They went Hill. Green's so, off the board. Sky's off the board. Burks, Burks is off, off the, the board. board. Oh, man. That was not what I was wanting to see to uh, mm. end. I, I was hoping that Moore or Burks won would make it to us. Um, but we did or, make or it or out with green. pick 70. Well, so. we did. Uh, now, my only question with the tackle from Central Michigan – from looking at him here, because obviously left tackle, we have Lawan right now. We know right. we need interior line help, and we know that we need a right tackle. And the funny, the funny thing is, when Jack Conklin was drafted, mm-hmm. he was a left tackle. Okay, and he converted over to right tackle, and that's what I was wanting to get into here. Uh, do you think that? Bernard is a guy that can swing over to that right tackle spot and fill it for us. He's very athletic. And unfortunately, the one thing I do think he still needs to work on is his footwork. But along those lines, he still is one of the highest graded players that's available right now. So we still have some time. So I think we should just kind of see what our options are. But right now he's, one a okay so we will also look at receivers you have pickens who is still there um any other position that you're wanting to check out right now uh let's see what we have on the interior offensive line interior uh some guys that i think are still going to be available there yeah there's definitely 70 and 90 so yeah, I think we'll um, be fine with that. We do have eight trade offers. Um, I, and I know sometimes on these mock drafts, this is where things can get a little bit uh, muddy, muddy in the water a little bit because you can trade back thinking you can still just a couple picks thinking you'll still be able to grab a guy and then he's gone. So we have the Jets at 35. Giants at 36, Seahawks at 40, um, Falcons 43, Browns 44, Saints at 49, Green Bay 53, and Tampa Bay at 60. Any of those that you're wanting to check out? I wouldn't mind trading with the Jets, but only if we could get 35 and 38. Okay. They've already got two picks in the first round, and – they basically get another pick in the second round, but basically that's another trade-off just for their other second pick. So right. for us, that would be a low one and a high two. Right. And it looks like they would not be for that. <laughs> so 
that's the only trade I'd be willing to give them. Right. And just to kind of see, so the Giants, you could get 36, but then you're falling back to 67. Uh, Seahawks, they have 40 and 41. Um, and I'm just kind of looking here. 43 and then 58 from the Falcons. So, you know, I, I don't know that there's – if any of those pique your interest on trying to get or – The more that I'm thinking – Grab a guy. The more that I'm thinking about it, the more I'm just getting pulled away from the trade scenario. The Jets really was the best trade, and if they're not going to give up those two for two second rounds, then we just take Ram right now. All right. So going with Ram right now. Tackle so from Central Michigan. Take him and solidify our offensive line. All right. We will go with him. Which that would basically put Dylan Radens at the guard position now. Yep. Uh, and obviously there's some other guys on the interior O-line that I, I kind of like and think that, you know, we can grab later on here and, you know, maybe battle for that interior O-line, but we'll see. McBride went to Green Bay there. Shocking. Dulcich is off the board. Channel's off the board. Harris is off the board. So, all right, now, just kind of look here. Calvin Austin, that's maybe the earliest I've seen him come off the board going to the Texans there. Um, I, I love the need on the Texans, just every position. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did not notice that until just now after you said just something. Everything. They need everything. <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, so now what position here at 70 would you like to look at? Um, still got some receivers there. Um, I know uh, Mechie, he's another guy that tore his ACL. I think he actually tore his before um, Williams tore his, did he not? And Mechie tore his first, so that was in the SEC championship game. So more than likely he'll be ready for the start of training camp. Right, and, and that's what I was thinking. He's a guy that he does pique my interest as a wide receiver because, you know, him at Alabama, I felt like with Williams, you know, they were a true double threat there. I mean, if you focus too much on Williams, Mechie was going to tear you up. If you focus too much on Mechie, then Williams was going to tear you up. Um. Anyone else that you're wanting to kind of look at here? Let's check it. Let's check out safety. Safety. All right. So Brian Cook still there. Kirby Joseph. Kirby Joseph. I like still Kirby there. Joseph. Um. After that, it's really a drop off on where all these guys are kind of. Ranked Marquise at. Bell is a good pickup, but I don't think he'll. You want to go after him till at least the fifth or sixth round, right? 
Um, and we, I mean, we do also have trade offers there. Uh, let's look at interior O line again. I think we'll still be good. Uh, so yeah, I agree. I think we're still good there. Um, nine trade offers. Yeah. So let, let's look here. Um, Seattle. 72 Browns 78 Steelers 84 I, I think we can pretty much rule uh, to me anyway we can rule out the Panthers at 137 um, and probably even I I don't know I, I want to say the Dolphins through the Panthers can probably rule out I mean I, I don't know, just because if we trade out here, then we still have to wait 20 more picks to grab a person. Um, any any trades there pique your interest? The Seattle trade definitely speaking in my interest. I feel we could go R70 for their 72nd and 153rd pick. All right, so 153rd. We're not losing a lot of ground. We just miss out on two players. If it works, hopefully the guy that I think that we could land could still be on the board. I'm not going to say it out loud because I don't want to jinx this. (laughs) So we only want to try and grab these two. Do we want to see? We could add add their 229th pick. Try and keep it low. That still, still leaves them with two picks. So and we can still pick in the seventh round. So if that works out. All right. If you're good with this, we'll offer it up to them. Let's do it. And I thought that would get accepted pretty easily there. So let's see who they wanted to take. All right. So ah. uh, you wanted Mechie, didn't you? I was thinking Mechie was maybe going to skip, but that was... And and that was a guy who I kind of had my eyes on there as well. Um, That's a good fit for the Bears. Yeah, it it was one of those things where I was fine with doing that trade with Seattle. Uh, If he fell to us, it would have been hard for me to say, let's pass on him. But Bears grabbed him up, so what, what are we thinking now? Right now, let's go back to the receivers. Go back to the receivers. All right. <clears throat> you just tell me who piques your interest here. One Dale Robinson could still be available for maybe at a hundred for us. Yeah, Kiel Shakir is still available, but I think he'll still be on the board. Maybe by the time we get to ninety, right? Who do we have at tight end? Tight end, we have Woods, Mitchell, uh, Otten. I mean, several guys who I think, unless. People just start going crazy on tight end uh, here in a minute. Several guys that I think would still be available 
a little bit later on. I think um, a good key bit of those guys probably won't start going until about late fourth, early fifth. Right. And, I mean, we do have more trade offers. Uh, you know, we took a chance trading back, hoping our guy would still be there. If no one piques our interest, then, you know, we can try and grab up some more picks and, you know, just try and go for depth <laughs> in this draft. And it couldn't hurt. So, let's see. Falcons at 74, Baltimore at 76, Texans at 80, and Chiefs at 94. I doubt they'd give us 74 and 82. Let's see if there's any chance. Doesn't look like it. Um, I say, you know, just checking on 114 there because that would kind of bridge that gap between 90 and 131. Um, Ravens have 76, 100, 110, 119. Do we want to see about dropping back four spots? Honestly, and, at this point, I think it would just be our best option to go ahead and make a pick here. All right. The more the more I think about it, the less I'm liking the idea of it. <laughs> so who who are we looking to grab here? All right, we've shored up our offensive line. I just want to look here, see, yep, yeah, still available. Um, you know, it's not first round. We can look at this now. Asmo is really good. In fact, he's still on the board at 70. He's shocking. <clears throat> Let's see. Doman. Jojo Doman would be a nice pickup later if he's still available. And I see here Al's asking who's at cornerback. So we can look there as well. So, still have Marcus Jones, uh, Jalen Davis, Cordell Flott. Cordell uh, Flott, to me, is a big sleep, sleeping prospect. Yeah, I remember you talking about him uh, before. Um, and really, we, we just had a wrench thrown in everything here by Mechie being picked by the Bears there. So... It was. It was a gamble, and it was one that I just wish we didn't lose. So, screw you, Bears, doing that to us. Uh, I mean, come on now. Well, we we did pick up an extra pick, so really, I feel at this one, we can shop for whatever we want at this point. You know, we have, if we feel like we just want to get somebody because they're the best player on the board, right? I don't see the harm in that. And really, I know we need more linebacker depth. And it really wouldn't hurt the one with the best player on the board that happens to be a linebacker. Right. And Asmo is quick. He can get to sideline to sideline. And the man just is a disruptor. All right. Well, we will go ahead. And if you're up for it, we'll take him here at 72 and kind of reset at pick 90. 
I think that adds more depth at defensive line, and defenses win championships. There we go. So add him to our linebacking core and see who's still going to be there for us at 90. And let's see, just kind of watching some of the names go off here. West going off to the Cardinals at 87. Uh, Kennard, which already we've already shored up our tackle position. So here at 90, are we looking tight end? We want to wait just a little bit longer on that. We have one trade offer. Let's see who it's from. Before we get too deep. The Vikings at 156. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trading back that far. <clears throat> Safety. Cook is still there. Um, Dice still a tackle. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Receivers. Um a <clears throat> couple of guys that you mentioned earlier are still sitting here. And I'd honestly you know, go with Khalil. Khalil I would from go Boise Khalil State. Right All right. Check him out right quick. All He's right. Sick. He's that quick speedster kind of receiver that Tennessee just needs right now. All right. Well, there we go. We will add to our receiving core now. We'll take Khalil from Boise State and then wait till 131. <laughs> so, I mean, we've already filled some pretty key needs right now. We've shored up the offensive line. We've added depth at the linebacker core. And we brought in another receiver who's very quick on his feet and makes guys miss. Yeah. So I, I'm liking our draft so far. Um, you know, and we've we, we've missed out on a couple of guys that we were hoping for, but that's how this thing goes sometimes. So it's all just a roll of the dice in this. Sometimes you'll win them, sometimes you lose them. Unfortunately, we just missed on a couple and. And I've saw several tight ends go off the board uh, here between 90 and 131. We have no trade offers. Um, I do want to look at tight end right quick. Uh, Bellinger's still there. Um, the tight end from Maryland, I do not want to butcher his name. Um, Isaiah Likely is still there. Uh, Jalen has had a really bad combine, and I think that just came back and haunted him. I, I think it has. Um, and I mean, the the forty time killed him. Um, I, I'm trying to think of his other uh, stats from the combine, or was it just the forty that really killed him? I think it was the stats, and I think it was his workout. 
So, I mean, the same can be said with Cole Turner from Nevada. Right. So, I think we could hold off onto them. Maybe they'll hang around in the sixth round. Okay. What other I don't position? Think, I don't think we're in too dire a need without the tight ends rolling off the board. But just for fun, let's see what quarterbacks are available. Quarterbacks. All right. <clears throat> let's see. Bailey Zapp's one they've already talked to. Yeah, I think I remember seeing that. Um Ooh, really a drop-off after him. <laughs> well, I mean, we're playing with house money. I don't think he's going to take over the starting job, but I think he's a very, very big improvement over Logan Woodside. All right. So you think we take a quarterback here at 131? I'm just talking out loud right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to get you to walk into something here, Power Hour. Let's look at running backs as well. Brian Robinson's still on the board. Let's say I know there's some guys here that may still be available later on. Um but doesn't hurt to look. Like you said, we're kind of playing with house money right now. Let's check safety real quick. I thought you might say that. We we do need to try and find a replacement for Crookshank. You just let me know if anyone's jumping off the board to you right here at 131. Bill's still there, but I don't want to get him just yet. <laughs> Not at least until we have to. Right. And really, really, we're going to have a pick just about every other six or seven picks. So we'll have one for the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s. Right. So here's what we're going to do, because I know he's not going to be available, and I think I just talked myself into it. We'll go with Zap Bailey. All right. Or, or Bailey Zap. Or going for the quarterback at 131. Let's see how the board falls here. Just about how I thought it would. Now let's go back to running back real quick. All right. I like the depth we have, but Brian Robinson's on the board, and I don't think he's going to make it past. I don't think we'll have him at 153. Right. Yeah, he's a guy that I think usually before that 153 mark, he is usually off of there. I mean, we've had a little luck with Alabama running backs, particularly one. I'd say you just have a lighter version of Derrick Henry right there. He can bruise and he can run downhill pretty quick. So we're going to grab a running back here, Brian Robinson at 143. I say we go for it. All right. With house money. We bring in another solid player to compete. Maybe he gets in some playing time right behind Hillard. 
and he can catch out of the backfield. So that's another plus. Right. Yeah, that's something that I've really been looking at with running backs for this draft is just, you know, even if it's just looking at their stats, seeing if, you know, they actually had like how many targets they had and how many catches they had. So because I I know I've looked at some of them and, you know, they were like below 15 on targets, catches, everything. So I was like, okay, that's – that's not really what we need right now uh, and going forward after, you know, when the team ends up moving on from Henry or when Henry retires, whatever ends up happening first. Like, we need a guy that can catch out of the backfield behind him. Robinson can so, definitely do that. So that fills another need we needed from Darren and Evans where it just didn't transcend. Looking back at tight ends here. Um, you know, still some guys available there. Um, let's look at safety. Still think there would have to be a run of guys here. Um, about yeah, six round, I think that's when it's going to happen. Right. <clears throat> Any other position? I mean, we can look at wide receiver again. Yavion Healy is one that really stands out to me, but I wouldn't go after him till about 219 or 222. Right. Mercedes and Jones on the board. Who was that? Mercedes Jones is still on the board. Mm-hmm. I think it's still too early to go after him. Let's go with the tight end this round. I think we just go ahead and just go with the best one available right now, and that would be with Bellinger. All right. We will grab Bellinger because I – which I don't know. There's been some guys in this draft fall, you know, lower than I thought they would, like um, get back up to him here. Uh, Where's he at? I went past him. I know I did. Well, he's hiding from you. Yeah, he he is. Um, the tackle from Arizona State, there he is. He fell all the way to one thirty six, which was surprising to me. Um, mainly surprising because of how these PFF mock drafts have been going. Like, you know, showing his average draft position, which you know, not putting just too much into that, but. He's normally gone in the 90s and fell all the way to the 130s. So I, I was going to say all that to say I don't think that Bellinger would still be there at 169. Uh, I think so. So we'll go ahead and grab him right here at 153. <clears throat> Seeing a su- couple of safeties go off the board. Jones just went. Melton's gone. So, I I believe if 
We're wanting to, and the Patriots got Jones Jr. Uh, hate hate to see a Tennessee player go up there to New England. They do well up there, though. Yeah. <laughs> they, um, this may be the round that we grab a safety just because I, I don't believe that Bell will fall to 204. I don't um, think so either. Now, you know what, Power Hour? Right quick, before we make this next pick, um, I want to hop into the best bet segment presented by DraftKings. And as we know, the NBA playoffs are going on right now. The Memphis Grizzlies last night coming back and just – I mean, absolutely crushing the Timberwolves and their fans' hopes. I mean, coming back from being down over 20 points and just taking that game in Minnesota. Great atmosphere. Great for the Grizzlies, all the Grizzly fans. And DraftKings is letting people get in on all of the first-round action with amazing offers. And DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. Guys, you win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, each day of the first round, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. Simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Go down, see the show notes or description for more details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling, and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-NEXT-STEP, 1-800-522-4700. Visit ccpg.org slash chat, 1-800-BETS-OFF, 1-877-770-STOP, 877-8-467-369, or text 467-369. Visit opgr.org, call or text TN Redline, 1-800-889-9789, or... 188-532-3500 must be 21 years or older minimum $5 deposit required eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com/sportsbook for details and since we're talking about the draft and everything one thing I want to ask you about because this is the best bet that I gave last week and obviously this is not betting advice anyone but the best bet that I gave was Aiden Hutchinson being the number one overall draft pick this year. And Power Hour, I want to know who you think is going to go number one. I think Hutchinson's going to end up be, being easily the number one pick just because I think the Jaguars have sold themselves into the idea of adding more defensive depth and definitely the best defensive player on the board. So, I mean, 
I wouldn't go 100% with it because we've seen in many drafts where one guy would be a lock, the team would go a completely different direction, which they could. But at the same time, I think that this is probably maybe the safest bet that you could make if you wanted to make that bet on this one. I agree. Um, you know, that's that's one I've been sticking by. There's really there's only one or really maybe only one more guy that I think would go over him. I, I think Jacksonville goes defense and they go edge. I mean, I, I do. No, whether it's Hutchinson or another one of those top guys up there, but I feel like that's still the you know the best bet to go with there. I haven't looked at the odds today to see what they're at. I think last week they were either at the odds for him were either minus two fifty or minus two twenty five, something like that. But if he doesn't go first, I don't see him making it past the lines there at number two. So I'd be shocked if he fell past the lines. And with that, we can go back to our draft now. So what are we thinking here at one sixty nine? Do we want to go ahead and grab a safety? Um, a guy I know that we can get later on is Brad Hawkins. Uh do you know much about Hawkins uh, from Michigan? Not a whole lot. I know much more about Bell than I do Hawkins, and I'm kind of in the same boat with you. I just feel like if you let Bell go, he's not going to make it to where we're going to be at the next position because usually around this time he's usually gone, and if he does last past – Anytime any further down, it's not but maybe two or three picks afterwards. Right. So it's a gamble, but Bell's definitely got a higher upside. And I really feel he's going to be a great special teams contributor. I just think he's overlooked just because basically the, with the school that he played with. Right. Well, let's go ahead, grab our guy, Bell. A guy that we like. Why take a chance of him not being there? Not, not going to do that. Let's grab him here at 169. And now we wait till 204. The all fun wait where we see just all these guys go off the board. But at the same time, we've still got four to play with. We do. And we could still have some trade potential. This is basically a pick for pick kind of trade scenario. So right. (coughs) Sorry about that. These allergies, man, they are... They're terrible. They have reared their ugly head this week. (laughs) So we do have some trade offers. Um, Let's just want to look here. Tight ends, you know, still got some... It's still there, but I think he'll hang on for a while. Right. Um there's your guy still yes, there at 204. I, I must him. say, as soon as I saw his name, I was <laughs> like, okay, we're uh, the, it's locked. <laughs> and that's very yeah. surprising to me because in doing these mock drafts, he has been going in like the 170s, even sometimes in the 160s. So we definitely – we lucked out on this one. Right. And I think we might have a trade offer. This, we do. I wouldn't mind adding a couple more picks. So 
We have the Packers at 228. Um, Jaguars only have one more. Uh, so I think the Packers will be the way to go if we're trying to grab some more right here in this last round. Let's go with 228 and 258. All right. So they, they are not willing to go. Unless you want to try it and see. Well, we still have one at 222. So let's go with 249 and 258. They do not seem to be about it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not going to be a pick for pick thing. It's two for one kind of right now. Right. Let's see here. There you go. There we go. It paid off. And we won't have to wait too long. So now. Do we have any trades on the board? We have one. Let's try something. The Bengals at 226. Let's trade. Let's see if they'll trade a seventh rounder for next year. I'd like to load up the board for next year. If we for can. next year. All right. Do we want to try and grab more? Like with 226 there, or... We can try. Not about that. You know what? Let's let's shoot our shot here. Take it. We got nothing to lose. Nope, they are not about that. <laughs> uh, we'll see about 252. That worked. They were for that, so... Traded so our... For anyone who goes back and or anyone listening to the audio version, if you made it this far, we traded our 222nd pick for the Bengals, 252nd, and a seventh rounder for 2023. So we'll resume on here. White and finally we'll... goes off the board. Finally. Poor kid. I about to say, if he was falling to 229, even though we've already took a running back earlier, I was like, we may have to grab him here. <laughs> now, we, we want to see about adding more. What's your thoughts? We got four picks. So, I mean, really, it's house money at this point. Turner's so, still there. Turner, I think, will still be around with at least one of the three picks we'll have left. All right. With this one... I think our best option right now is to add some offensive line depth. Okay. You think in tackles or interior? Let's try interior this time. All right. Doug Kramer's on the board. All right. Kramer's there. They could potentially be Ben Jones' fill-in guy. But I say, we are two guys that I really don't know – anything about so if you're feeling going with kramer here I, i'm trusting you on going with him kramer's a project guy but at this kind of point in the draft and we've got picks to play with i'm willing to roll the dice on him all right let's do it and now we wait but we'll control and there at least went turner to the, the broncos home. Then again, not too bad. We still right. have some options. Hayward off the board. 
All right. So I guess first let's see. Well, we have some trades if we want to look at those. Kansas City at 251 and Rams at 253. So either one of those pique your interest for going back a little bit. I wouldn't mind trading a pick for a pick next year if they'd be willing to do it. All right, so 249 for the sixth. You want to go with the one from Miami or? We'll go with the one with Miami. I think that might be our best option there. All right, let's just give it a shot here. Nope, they are not for that. Now we can look. The Rams have three six-round picks for next year. Um, we want to try and get our original six-round pick back. <laughs> you know what? At this point, I think we'll just add players now. All right. Fine with that. So I think let's go ahead and check the tight end board and see who's still hanging around. All right. Let me know if anyone piques your interest here. Oh, and that's the bottom of the tight end board there. <laughs> no, we're we're basically at the circus peanut portion of the draft. At least on so, the tight end side. Looking at receivers. Um hmm. If you are fine with it, um, like I said, I don't know too much about him, but you know, add in another safety for depth or special teams play. Um, I think that's I, a strong move. I, I, I like this guy from Michigan for some reason. Like I said, don't know much about him, but just ever since I saw his name a couple weeks ago, I was like, I, I like that guy for some reason. <laughs> So let's let's take him there at two forty nine. And with Hooker's contract coming up next year, that might be another position they have to fill. Right. So it does doesn't hurt to stock up on some guys. And here at two fifty two, um, Chiefs are still offering. They're they're our only option here. Uh, if they if at two forty nine they wouldn't give us a six round for next year, I don't think they'll do it for two fifty two. Um, Unless they'd want to give a seventh round up, but but then again, I'm fine with still just adding players. If you are, I'm fine. I think that's the best way right now. I think at this point that's. The better option is to start finding guys that can jump on this team and see if they can make it through training camp. Now, one position we haven't looked at much more is uh, cornerback. Um, 
don't know if we want to add anyone from the cornerback position now. I'd say there's just a lot of guys jumping out at me right now, at least on the corner. Now, Chris Steele's an interesting prospect. Uh, all right, there he is. And fortunately, he's so low because of a major injury. And J-Rob loves those injuries. I must say, so a, a Titans-type guy there. Very much. Well, so. it's – I mean, we've got the picks – it's late in the draft. Want to take a shot on him? Let's bring him in, see what he can do. All right. So, still there at 252. And now, I have to ask, Power Hour, we're here at our last pick. No trade offers. I, I think I not, might know where you would want to go with this pick if he is still available. I mean, he is highly sought after. He is. A, a, he is still there, though. And I am just absolutely floored. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think only right, because I know that you have been high on adding Cameron Dicker to be the kicker for the Titans, adding him in I, the draft. I have, and... I wrote a complete article about it in Titan-sized, so <laughs> that's that's the least that I can say so about it's my obsession. Only right, it's only right to add him for our last pick since I have you on doing a mock draft with me. Well, let's go ahead and make it official. Dicker, the kicker, is now Tennessee Titan. And let's see how PFF grades our draft here. Be gentle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, for the trade with Jacksonville, where we gave up the 26th overall pick, got the 33rd, the 70th, 70th and the 222nd, they gave us a B. Bernard, the tackle from Central Michigan, at 33, they gave us an A for that. Trade with Seattle, where we gave them pick 70 for 72, 153, and 229, gave us a B. Brian, how do you say his last name again? Asmoa. Asmoa, all right. From Oklahoma, the linebacker gave us a B-plus for grabbing him at pick 72. Khalil, the wide receiver from Boise State, at pick 90, gave us a B-plus. They, they did decide to throw a couple of Fs on us here, but at 131, Bailey Zapp, QB, Western Kentucky, C-plus. Um, Brian Robinson at 143, running back from Alabama. They gave us an F. Uh, Bellinger, tight end, San Diego State at 153, gave us a B minus. Bell, we kind of knew that that was going to be a reach by PFF standards, but yeah. I mean, we had to make a decision there at 169 because we weren't going to pick again until 204. And like we said, he wasn't going to be there at that pick. Javion Healy, is that right? Yeah. From the wide receiver from Coastal Carolina was there at 204. They gave us a B. Uh 229, Doug Kramer, center from Illinois, C plus. At 249, Brad Hawkins, safety from Michigan, gave us a B plus. 
trade with Green Bay where we got pick 249 and their seventh round and 258 for uh, 219. Um, gave us a B minus. Chris Steele, cornerback from USC at 252. Gave us a C plus. Trade with the Bengals where we gave up 222 and got 252 and a seventh rounder for 2023, B-. And Cameron Dicker, the kicker from Texas, Dicker the kicker, at 258, gave us a C-plus for an overall draft grade of B+. So, Power Hour, looking at this here now, what's your thoughts on our draft? I think our draft filled a lot of needs and it filled a lot of, you know, it filled a lot of ideas of what we're going to be doing going in the future. You know, there's guys that can contribute right away. There's some project guys. I think Hawkins, Kramer, Steele are definitely going to be guys that go into camp, not having to have a lot expected out of them. So really that's going to make for an interesting battle going forward. Uh, Dicker, the kicker going up with, um, Bullock at the kicking position. I think the competition's good, even though they did re-sign Bullock to a two-year deal. That still shows that competition and competing is the key point here mm-hmm. under a Mike Vrabel-led team. And, of course, the most important part was we reshored the offensive line, adding Bernard from Central Michigan. I think with that move, that basically solidifies Dylan Raiden's position at guard. He'll fill in that slot that Saffold left open. I do think that they were a little harsh on us with Robinson. Maybe it was a reach, but I do think we got a very much quicker version of Deontay Foreman right now in the backfield. People are mad that Foreman's gone. I think we found a better replacement. Right, and I I agree with Robinson there. Again, because you know I feel like PFF, they're going to grade this off where they have guys ranked, and I, I feel like also their average draft position. I mean, that's why they have that there. And we only took – we took Robinson like maybe 10 picks before where they have him average at for draft position. So, so like you said, I feel like they were a little harsh there by giving the F for him. And you mentioned his play. Like, he's a quicker foreman. Like, upset about foreman, but think about how many times – as Titans fans, we were watching when Foreman would break through the line thinking, okay, he's gone, and then all of a sudden he gets caught from behind. Like, so I, I, I like the Robinson pick there. Um, I'm, I'm happy with our draft. I feel like we've done good. Uh, like you said, we addressed a lot of needs, got some project guys that, I mean, special teams guys even, they, they make a difference. There's games that are decided by special teams. So, and I will point out one real quick. Brian Asmo at 72 was a great pick. I feel yes, we do have a deep linebacking core, but at the same time, you need guys that can come in and make a difference. And this is a Mike Vrabel guy. He can get from sideline to sideline. He is basically what is called in any sports world an F up guy. <laughs> he gets in there and he F things up. And you know, after last year, you can't have too much depth at any position. I mean, 
we saw how many guys we went through and you have you've mentioned throughout this uh show contracts for next year this is david long's last year on his contract so you know are the titans going to sign him back after this year will we need a guy to fill in then you have cunningham's money that will be due after this year like what his average breaks down to per year so you know what what's their plan going to be there i don't know that those are you know, concerns enough where how some people have mocked a linebacker to the Titans in the first round. I, I don't see that being a need for the first round, but I'm fine with adding guys, you know, in the third or some of these middle rounds to add depth to our linebacker position. It's a depth draft. I mean, really this year, it's draft perfect for anybody that needs something other than a quarterback. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, I, like I said, I, I like our draft there. Um, let In the comments, let us know your thoughts on it. Well, we're, we're glad to hear what you think. Uh, I know Bill said recap, so, you know, kind of went through and recapped all that. And let's see, I'll get us back to the big screen here now. Let's switch us back to... There we go. And Power Hour, I want to thank you for coming on again. It's been a great show. Always love having you on. Like I said, the way that you dive in and break everything down, I love getting your insight on it. Um, everyone, if you're not already, go follow him on Twitter at the Power Hour 615. Subscribe to his YouTube channel. Go find him on TikTok. Um, again, putting PowerPoints out on tiktoks and on tiktok i have his link in the description for his twitter and youtube easy to find him so go check him out subscribe to his show if you're not subscribed to him i don't know what you're doing what you're waiting on he's always putting out quality content also go find me on social media twitter at titans underscore time instagram titans time podcast facebook titans time follow the audio version of this podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple podcast, go follow rate five stars, leave comments, questions, subscribe to the YouTube, trying to hit anywhere between 800 and a thousand subscribers before the end of this year. Really appreciate everyone who's already subscribed and, you know, go like this video. It helps out so much and just really grateful for everyone who's already subscribed. Really am. And, Power Hour again. Can't thank you enough for coming on, man. Tyler, it's always great to be on the show. And giving a quick plug, just make sure everybody next week join Tyler and myself along with Ryan Harris and P. Shark and Haley Thorngood for the Power Hour Draftacular, which will be Thursday, April 28th at 8 p.m. Eastern. We'll be breaking down all the first-round picks of the draft. Tyler's definitely going to be there, so y'all don't have an excuse. So get on over there. We're going to have a great time. That's right. It's going to be a hell of a time. Draft day, finally going to be there. Looking forward to it, man. So excited for that show. Once again, and, thank you for having me on, Tyler. I really appreciate being on the show, buddy. Oh, yeah, always. This has been Titans Time, and as always, tighten up. Tighten up.